Can't stand. Which Steelers are going to benefit most from Matt Canada's firing? What do you do with a potential Justin Jefferson-less Viking squad? Once again on Sunday Night Football. And is one NFC breakout receiver officially back? Those questions and more. Plus, the fifth-place team owner in the FFPC main event, Ben Hook, drops by to talk about the battered Ravens receiving room, Raheem Mostert's big day today, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than these lessons. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Silence in the scripture. Are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all you Balkaholics and Ferelliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship at myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. You follow me on the X at Eric Balkman. My co-host is indeed the the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Check out the KFFSC at kffsc.com. That's the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, do so at hsffhour at Eric Balkman. And always learn more about the KFFSC at kffsc.com. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash hsffr. You can also email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, send them in now. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails in the fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show. Thanks to our audio engineer and my best friend Bryce and our producer and mutual friend Rob. Coming up on tonight's show, Farrell and I are going to bandy about our thoughts on the Texans running back situation. Joshua Dobbs, who has been shooting up uh, the leaderboards and, and um, as far as um, uh, the, the, the highest point mongers for quarterbacks in the FFPC this season. Let's talk about him. Uh, and then the fifth-place team manager heading in to Week 12 in the Fantasy Football Players Championship main event. Uh, ben Hook is going to drop by. He's going to talk about the Bears' uh, running back situation as well as Rashid Shahid with no Michael Thomas and much more. If you are looking for some weekly action, in the Fantasy Football Players Championship, go to myffpc.com, myffpc.com to play the FFPC Weekly Challenge. No draft, no salary cap in this, no convoluted rules. All you have to do is choose the 10 players if you want to play without kickers and defenses or the 12 players if you want to play with kickers and defenses by 1 p.m. on Sunday and watch the points pile up on your team. Um, The uh, slant here is you can only have one player per team. There is no stacking. If you want Kelsey, you can't have Mahomes. If you want Lamar Jackson, you can't have Zay Flowers or whoever else we're going to talk about tonight with the Ravens. Uh, So that's at myffpc.com. You can enter for as little as $35 and win up to $2,500, myffpc.com, myffpc.com. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on the video, share it with your friends, share it with your enemies, and get notified by clicking the notification bell. So every time we go live, you're going to get a notification sent right to your phone and you can enjoy the program 
uh, with the rest of us that evening or whenever we go live, as it were. Let's bring in our co-host tonight. You know him as the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. He is the head honcho over at the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Follow him on the X at KFFSC official. The incomparable Farrell Elliott. Farrell, good Friday evening to you, man. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. And Balky, isn't this a very important day in the history of one Eric Balkman? No, it's not. It is absolutely it not. It is a fantastically yeah. important day, and I think that should be shared with the listeners and fellow FFPC players and, and viewers of the program. Yeah, it is my 44th birthday today. How and, sweet and, it is. Yes, yeah. Balky no- coming out on the hard eight here in November of 2023. <laughs> Yeah, there's no other place I'd rather be than co-hosting this show with you tonight, talking some fantasy football, uh, talking with Ben Hook, who's going to drop by in about 10 minutes of here. So uh, we'll get his thoughts. He's had a very, very successful career uh, so far in the FFPC. So definitely excited to to pick his brain, get inside his mind, figure out how he's doing it. Um, Another guy who's had a very successful fantasy football career in both the FFPC and the KFFSC uh, is John Terry. He's already chiming in. Thank you for the birthday wishes, JT. Appreciate that. He says, good evening, gentlemen. C.J. Stroud or Lamar Jackson this week? I'll take questions I didn't think I'd have to answer at the start of the season for 400, Alex. This mm-hmm. is crazy to think about, but it's legit. Um, this guy, and, and Farrell, you and I have been very effusive in our praise of C.J. Stroud this season. Uh, Lamar, Lamar Jackson is a guy who is dealing with some injury situations of his own. Um, he says he's going to be good to go. There's no doubt that he'll be out there, but he's not playing at 100%. He's not going to have Mark Andrews. Odell Beckham already said today that he's going to be a game time decision that you never like to hear that. Um, as far as um, Zay Flowers goes, it sounds like he's going to be out there. So he is dealing with um, a, I don't want to say a weapon shortage, but he's not, he doesn't have his full complement of weapons uh, this weekend against the Los Angeles Chargers. Stroud is going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars at home. I like that matchup. Um, here, here's, the, here's the way I always, uh, I'll, I'll frame it. There was an old sketch on SNL weekend update. Keenan Thompson came on to play Donovan McNabb's mother before the <laughs> Eagles and Patriots Super Bowl. And the host asked Donovan McNabb's mother, who are you betting on in the Super Bowl tomorrow, the Eagles or the Patriots? She said, I love, I like my son, but I love my money. I'm betting on the Patriots. Farrell, <laughs> I like C.J. Stroud, but I love my Lamar Jackson. I'm playing Jackson over Stroud this week. I think, Balky, you've got to look at – Believing in what Stroud is, a top five point producing quarterback in fantasy football, and Lamar has fallen out of that. Um, I think Jacksonville is a, a passing neutral team. They're kind of right in the middle. Uh, so it, it is a good matchup. Um, Baltimore travels to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. Is that correct? Yes. And so um, it's very difficult on a that kind of – Positive weather, good situation, lean on Lamar, missing some of the pieces. He's got two um, fairly athletic tight ends. Uh, they're not Andrews, but they don't have to be to be successful, especially against the Chargers. Um, perhaps Zay Jones could enjoy some of the target share similar to what a tank bell is getting at Houston. And, you know, you mentioned Singletary. We'll get to him later, but he's carried the ball 52 times in the last two weeks, which suggests to me that they're trying to uh, limit some of Stroud's, uh, the responsibility and how they lean on this player. So I will, I will vote with you on the weekend that the University of Kentucky and University of Louisville do um, uh, their annual 
uh, grudge match, which we expect Louisville to come out on top. We'll expect Lamar Jackson as a Louisville grad to come out on top as well. Now, there you go. Uh, and, and I'm glad we're of one mind on this. Um, a couple of other questions here. Uh, this, we'll go with Permar 99's question. Uh, who's hanging out on YouTube watching us tonight. Drake London with no Marshawn Lattimore this week, who's been ruled out um, earlier this afternoon, actually was ruled out for the Saints Falcons game this week. Or Greg Dorch, if Marquise uh, Hollywood Brown is not playing. Now, I'm, I'm looking for the latest on uh, on Marquise Brown. I did not know um, if this was a serious injury. He did not. Oh, my God. Okay, so he was downgraded on the injury report yesterday. Mm-hmm. I missed this. Mm-hmm. This is huge. Um, Marquise Brown, he never let, and that's, that's, these are always red flags for me. Whenever a player gets downgraded in the middle of the week, um, he did not practice yesterday. Limited on Wednesday, could not go on Thursday. I'll look for an injury report today. But, man, this is trending in the wrong direction for Brown. Farrell, I kind of like London, uh, even with Arthur Smith and without Marshawn Lattimore. Sure, and, and you know, Permar is trending in the wrong direction. We're going to change him to Permar 88. He's dropping. Uh, he has some really great questions, though, but this is not one. Although Greg Dorch we've, we've dealt with on this show before, uh, and he, we have begrudging respect for the player. Uh, London is the uh, top receiving wideout target in Atlanta before whatever that might be worth. That's what you should stick with. Marquise Brown did not practice today, according to Adam Kaplan, and according to uh, Permar99 or Permar88, as Farrell is now dubbing him uh, in the YouTube chat. Um, He'll be yeah. back to 99 before the end of the show. <laughs> he, he's, he's a prolific question. He's, he's Yeah, he's a good guy. I mean, this is pretty open and shut for me. It doesn't sound like Marquise Brown's playing. Um, so then you have Dorch versus uh, London. It's London for me. I'm with you, Farrell, on this one. Sure. I'm not going to get too cute, as it were, although Dorch was pretty good last week. Uh, we'll see what happens with him this week. But I am I am a weak man. I'm going to play Marquise Brown. Excuse me. I'm going to play Drake London over Greg Dorch this week. Sure. Jeremy Fowler uh, from ESPN reported earlier this week that Jalen Warren and George Pickens are going to be the two Steelers that uh, should benefit the most, uh, the most after the Steelers cut ties with um, Matt Canada and have switched over to Mike Sullivan, who is the new OC. Jeremy Fowler, quote, you don't have to be a football savant to know Warren should average more than eight carries per game and Pickens should get more than seven targets per game. He said Sullivan, quote, knows how to target his top options. Think back to 2016 when Sullivan was the OC for the New York Giants and Odell Beckham saw 169 targets that year. Warren, who was announced by himself as the uh, Steelers starting running back a couple of weeks ago, but I didn't hear any push pushback on that. Like basically, Warren said, "Yeah, Tomlin told me I'm the starter. Okay, that's fine." But still, Najee Harris has been getting—he's been starting over him, and, and Warren has still been behind uh, Harris. Now you look at this game uh, this week. This is at Cincinnati for Pittsburgh. Um, I, you know, Warren, you're probably regardless of the OC. You, if you were sitting Warren, you're probably still sitting him. If you're starting him, you're probably still starting. I think Pickens is more intriguing here, Farrell. Um, if Mike Sullivan is going to get the ball to Pickens more than seven targets a game, I think all of a sudden he becomes flexible. A guy I kind of wrote off under Matt Canada, and now I'm excited about again is, is, is Pickens this week against Cincinnati. Your thoughts on this situation? Let's let him see. Let's see him do it once. I want to see him do it once because I really like the receiver. You know, and Permar just dropped back in. He says he had the. 
the prescient foresight to start Christian Watson ranked 50th. And I, I ranks don't matter, Permar. I agree 100%. It's about the feel of the player and he's ready to go off. You look at what those young players are doing uh, in, in Green Bay now that you can say, these receivers, man, I can go forward with them. Do you see that touch? Do you see that touchdown pass to uh, Jalen? Uh, Jaden Reed? Yeah. Do you see that touchdown pass oh, yeah. to him and what love threw? These young players are getting with it and getting at it. But still, I want, you know, we're still dealing with the same quarterback. We're still dealing with a football team that wants to win 20 to 17. So uh, before we, we're not going to get the, um, we're not going to get those. Let's go back to Tankdale. We're not going to get all those targets for Pickens like we're getting it for certain players around the league. So, you know, I want to see it once before I trout uh, trot Pickens out, especially in the uh, so important uh, week twelve of the of the FFPC. I was um, working on the show last night, putting it together, and um, I, I had a Tank Dell blurb up on my screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I take that back. I had a bunch of players listed on my screen and um, my daughter who's eight years old came she's down right. and she said she was looking at it. And she, she's been on the show before Farrell, you know her. Um, oh. And uh, she, she looked at the screen and she's like, Oh, do I know any of these players? And, and it was just a bunch of receivers. I'm like, I don't think so, honey. And she goes, Ooh, tank Dell. And I'm like, of all the receivers, you know, Devonte Adams and, and CD lamb and AJ Brown and, and uh, Justin Jefferson, like all these tank Dell. You don't know who Tank Dallas. Yeah, I do. Who does he play for? Houston. What? And and, and she said, yeah, Houston. I'm like, what? Are, who, who? What's the Houston football team called? Now she did say Texas. She did not say Texans, but yeah. she said Texas. Maybe I'm rubbing off on her. Maybe she's going to be the future like replacement for me on this show someday. Because mm-hmm. the fact that she was all about Tank Dell more than I'm about Tank Dell right now, red flags going off in my head uh, as, as well. <laughs> um, okay, so here we go. Permar99 has another uh, starter set question. Rashid oh. Shahid, we're going to talk about him with our guest tonight, so we'll, we'll circle back to this as well. Rashid Shahid or the Kansas City number one wide receiver the past two weeks, Justin Watson, uh, Permar99. I, just so you're aware, I, I, we don't have eight teams on by this week. Um, unless you're playing in a super deep league, I don't know if you should be considering this team, but I don't know the shape of your team. Maybe you're, you're heavy on running backs, lead and receivers. That's a possibility. I don't have a good feeling, Miss Farrell. I'm leaning towards Shahid on this, but uh, I'll let you weigh in on it. Um, Sh- Shahid or who? I'm sorry, Justin Watson from Kansas City. Oh man, those are two interesting, interesting ball players. Um, based on what's happening in New Orleans, plus the fact that Carr comes back, and Carr has been willing to target Shahid deep within the year. They've also been willing to give the ball to Shahid. He's run the ball. He's run for one touchdown. I can see. Uh, elements in that player's game that take him to a big top score this week. And I've been a big Shahid guy for a, for a long time, and I'm not sure what he's doing in the return game, but he has explosiveness there. Uh, we are dealing with a defense. How does Atlanta stay in these games that their quarterbacks haven't been able to quite deliver? They stay into these games with good pass defense, and that's something that we've got to consider here. Uh, in Watson's case, it's not always going to be raining sideways when he tries to catch the ball, and they look as if they're they're getting this player open on drag routes and slants over the middle, and as long as Mahomes keeps the play going, that's going to be very, very valuable for a receiver that can do that and catch the ball. You know, I, I think that we've got 
an overabundance of riches with these two players. And you can overthink it and drive yourself crazy. And who asked this question? Mrs. Permar. Well, Permar will have to follow his gut, just like he did on Watson. We don't know what his gut tells him, but so far he's having a pretty good week. Stick with your gut, Permar. You're back to a number 99 in my book. <laughs> you got the downgrade and the upgrade within just minutes, Permar. Yes, so we appreciate yes, that yes. as well. We're, 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 we're you know, it, it's, it's fluid. It is fluid. We're, we're very fluid on the show. In fact, we're very fluid in the chat room tonight with all the questions that are being asked of us. Uh, the Dizzle chiming in. Confidence in Kyron Williams this week. Um, so for me, it is low confidence on it. That said, I recognize the ceiling. I understand what this guy's been doing before. Um, and it sounds like he is not going to be eased back in. It's not like they've had it. You know, it's not like the Texans running back situation where um, in Damian Pierce's absence, uh, Devin Singletary's really taken a stranglehold on, on all the touches there and done a lot with them. We haven't necessarily seen that in Los Angeles with the Rams. So with Kyron Williams, I'm playing him in, in pretty much all the leagues I have him in. Um, but it's more of a ceiling play for me. I don't necessarily see a um, a great floor there, but it, there, there certainly could be one here. Uh, your thoughts on Kyron Williams, Farrell? I know it kind of depends upon the team that you have, but what kind of production are you looking for him this week? Kyron Williams runs hard, runs strong, and has been relied on and leaned on by that team. The fact that, you know, I don't know what the world Daryl Henderson does to upset people in Los Angeles Rams, but, you know, I mean, yeah, they, they can't keep backs there. So, look. Uh, if he's back, I, I'm willing to start him based on my situations. Do not outthink this. I've heard, and I'm perhaps we'll get to it later in the show, but I've heard conversations about should I bench Derrick Henry this weekend and things like that. Don't overthink these things. Uh, if you're in a problem situation, uh, Williams is your back. But, Balky, we, we don't have some of the challenges that we have in week 13, so I don't think we're going to see Williams in too many lineups. Okay, and it's it's interesting to see because I know he carried a lot of teams um, to this yes. point, or, or you know, a month or so ago, and now these teams have tried sort of tried to figure it out. Some of them have died on the vine too, like they mm-hmm. just they didn't make the playoffs, or they're not going to make the playoffs, or you know, they're really struggling to 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 make sure that they can extend their season. Kyron Williams could be their last hope, and it could be a desperation play this week. Like I said, I'm playing him in most of my leagues, but I have tempered expectations on that. Um, if we are low on Kyron Williams this week, then who to start? Kyron Williams, James Conner, or James Cook out of those three. And this, by the way, is coming from our buddy Jimmy Williams in the YouTube Jimmy chat. Williams. I like out of those three, I probably like, I would say probably James Conner the best out of those three. Mm, that's the most, uh, that's the best resume that I like in a, in a good matchup. Uh, there, if I have benefited from Kyron Williams and believe in him, I'm back to, I'm back to my gut. I'm hanging over there with uh, my man, 99. And we're going to figure it out, and we're going to probably go with Kyrie. And that's what makes fantasy football such a blast. Yeah. Um, you know what else makes NFL football such a blast is John Terry's comments on the stuff that is not fantasy related. Oh, yeah. John Terry. Thoughts about Dolly Parton yesterday. Mm-hmm. 77 years old, wearing a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader outfit. Listen, I was not as encapsulated and enraptured by it as Tony Romo apparently was. But, hey, man, 77 years old, she takes good care of herself. Flaunt it if you got it. You, you yeah, buddy, I tell you what. Yeah, I, I had some interesting text come in from that one, and including my buddy RJ, who's 89, that I drive over to pick up his lottery tickets and sometimes take him to the bank uh, after the Social Security runs. And uh, he called me with some rather off-color uh, color comments during the whole thing. And, and he, yeah, he t- thanked me for telling him to watch the game. Yeah, there you go. It's 
That's why you, you can't spit. Uh, uh, you can't skip the halftime show. Although the NFL did skip the the late halftime show, they played about five seconds of Steve Aoki during the uh, 49ers uh, Seahawks game, and then they went five seconds. Did, yeah, didn't 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 understand that. Five seconds, fifteen seconds, whatever it was. It did, was you know, since we're keeping Louisville focused in the show tonight, Bucky, did you happen to catch Jack Harlow halftime of the Detroit yeah. game? Yeah, I, well, obviously, I mean, that was that's my beloved Packers, right? Mm-hmm. So I was watching that, and I thought that was bizarre. I thought the the set, the setup, like the musical mm-hmm. set. Um, seemed like something that was thrown together almost last minute. Yeah. And then, then he had that guy who I don't – and, like, listen, Jack Harlow, God bless him. I know he's Louisville royalty. I'm not the biggest fan of his music. He's got a couple of bangers, which I like. Mm-hmm. But I don't know who the, the other guy was that came out with him and then sort of just disappeared. I didn't know what was going on there. But Yeah, it could have been it could have been his brother, Nick. But, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, listen, the, you, you come to the show for, for the great fantasy analysis from Farrell Elliott. And some Jack Harlow family trivia. Yeah, and and in at the CFL Grey Cup last week, Doc and I, Doc Hutcherson and I, uh, got Green Day, uh, which oh. which played the hits from when I was back in high school or something. That, that, no, right. that, it was good. That's good. Uh, you know what else is good is uh, picking the mind of a guy Just who is near a, a few spots short of winning a million dollar grand prize in the FFPC main event this year. We're going to bring in our guest tonight. It's his second ever managed league in the FFPC. He played in the FPC last year, won his 12-team league there, and then he's got one managed team this year uh, in uh, the FFPC main event, and he's managed it all the way up to fifth place with some help from his co-manager and his cousin. We're welcoming on Ben Hook tonight. A happy belated Thanksgiving to you, Ben. Thank you so much for joining the program, dude. Thank you, guys. I'm excited to be here. And happy, I guess, uh, post-Thanksgiving to you as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Now, we have to – so I, you can give the shout-out uh, to your cousin who's also helping, you know, help draft this team with you, helps run this team for you. Give the shout-out to him and then tell us who the true brain trust on this team is that has managed it into the top five heading into this week of fantasy football. Yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, I texted him earlier. He's actually under the weather, so I'm not, not sure if he's watching this now. So I could probably get away with saying I'm probably the brains behind the operation, but no, <laughs> no, but uh, he really, it's kind of a good thing. Cause I'm more of a gambler type. He's kind of more uh, straight line. So we kind of uh, counteract each other. And when I want to make a bold move, sometimes he reins me in and sometimes I can convince him to make that bold move. So it's worked out really well. And he was a co-manager in that league we had last year as well. It's it's you're, you're certainly this is one of the highest batting averages we've ever had. The <laughs> kid who batted a thousand. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, so tell us when you're not hanging out at the top of the leaderboard in the FFPC main event, what are you doing for a living? So now um, actually we're opening a card shop here locally. It's kind of part time open, but we do a lot of online sales. I've been doing um, I was doing that kind of from home and it just kind of expanded. And now we're we're, we're, get, we're opening the shop here and doing the online stuff. I was doing car sales for about 10 or so years before that. So it just, it was kind of a side thing and then it became the main thing. So it's working now, out pretty good. And, and you said card, right? C-A-R-D, not yes, car. Yeah, car okay. So I was All doing right. car sales and then went to now card sales. So I've kind Got of done it. a little bit of both. So, um, yeah. um, and, and how did you get involved in, in the whole card thing? Because I know that, you know, within what, what's it been like the last six, seven years, it's really, really taken off. Yeah, and it was really the pandemic that really spiked it up there, you know, because 
that's kind of what got us back into it. And like I said, it was kind of just a, a side thing. Another one of my friends and I um, kind of got back into it. It's something I did, you know, as a kid, you know, collecting and things. And we found a way of, you know, okay, we can make some money off this. And, mm -hmm. and like uh, our local area, they, card shops are like an hour radius away. You know, there's not too many cards, but there's a lot of demand here. So it's, I think it's going to work out really well with like I said, we got the online sales and hopefully we get the foot traffic once we get this shop open full time. So that's okay, where I think the, the, the brain trust here, you you want to, and, and I will investigate this further. The brain trust here is whoever decided to uh, send in the check for the team. And uh, the, the further examination of the brain trust, we'll see uh, an exponential exponential, expansion of your territory next year ben because uh you know you know this is this is fantastic you drafted your teams at home or live in las vegas uh it was at home so mm -hmm. um my co-manager he lives in north carolina i live in illinois so we were on the phone you know we got we're making both of us have the draft up we're kind of making our decisions we kind of had an idea from based off of where we were at i saw a few uh, streamed drafts you know i was just kind of uh, checking YouTube, typing in FFPC, seeing what I can find out, kind of getting an idea of where people were going. And, mm -hmm. and, um, so once we were in that 10 spot, we kind of had an idea of where we're going. And of course the drafts kind of do what they do and you got to pivot off some stuff when, because mm -hmm. originally I think we wanted pretty much a Monroe, St. Brown and Garrett Wilson were like our goals at that 10 spot on the way around, get both of those. And then we end up getting CD and AJ Brown and that turned <sighs> out. To be kind of turned out yeah. two of the top five receivers <laughs> yeah. right there. What city in Illinois? Uh, Galesburg, Illinois, central Illinois. Yeah, it's I know exactly where that is. We refer to that as northern Louisville. So we'll be expecting <laughs> you to be here uh, for your first live event sooner rather than later. And we'll talk to you about that in the future. What I think is impressive is that because you, you're not doing a lot of teams and you're not exposed to a lot of things, that you didn't have any junk in your head. And there, you know, when we, when we get to Las Vegas, sometimes you got to fight all the junk you'll hear. Um, and, and, and I think that uh, you guys are free from that. And perhaps that's part of your success. Can you boil down a, some sort of definition of, in short order, why you think you guys have been so successful and don't tell me it's luck. Cause you're not allowed to tell me it's luck cause it's not yeah. luck. Well, I mean, so going back, I mean, I've been doing like fantasy leagues, nothing like high stakes like this, but we were doing fantasy leagues. Both him and I were in leagues the whole for almost 20 years. They're you Crash know, Davis of the Illinois leagues. We've been <laughs> yeah. waiting to break out of Illinois. And, and yeah. but well, yeah, that, we I, that sums it up. It's and you can find great competition in your, uh, you know, in your locality there and sometimes can get you ready for this. So good for you. Yeah. Yeah, and I have a local uh, dynasty league with a, a bunch of my friends that, that I've been doing for a long time, and there's some pretty sharp people in there. Um, yeah, one of the main things coming in this draft, there was uh, one of the managers, my buddy Tony, he's a big Travis Etienne fan. Hmm. And I was I had uh, James Robinson in the dynasty league, and um, I was kind of – I seen, you know – Etienne's talent and stuff, but I thought, well, James Robinson's starting even coming off that big injury last year. He had a couple good games. And then I was kind of off the Etienne uh, uh, bandwagon, really, from that mm -hmm. point on. But then, you know, James Robinson 
ended up losing the job because you know once you do that Achilles injury you're kind of you're kind of off there and um, this year we were pro Tank Bigsby so we kind of avoided ETN and that might be one of those things that comes back to me. but he was he's uh, he's a big ETN fan so he was uh, really uh, pushing me to try to push him because I I sent him a text before our drafts and you know is ETN going to win me a million dollars you know just joking around mm-hmm. and he pretty much confirmed like I should take him but I, I avoided him and. Now we'll see how that goes, you know. Well, you didn't make a lot of missteps. That's one, but we can't, you know. Yeah. Well, We're not yeah, going to hold that against you. I guess Are we talking? No. Per, uh, yeah. We're not going to hold it against you. Um, ben, so I'm looking at your team. There's been a lot of chatter in, in your team on the YouTube chat right now. Everybody wanted to know who you have. Just, um, you know, just kind of bring everybody up to speed. You already said Brown and, and um, CeeDee Lamb. You also have Portland Sutton, Mike Evans at receiver, George Kittle at tight end, um, uh, Mostert, who you started today on this team, Nixon, uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Um, But I want to talk about the quarterbacks here because you drafted Justin Fields. You drafted Jared Goff. And I want to say like week two, week three, somewhere around there, you picked up C.J. Stroud off waivers. Can you kind of get us into the the mindset that you and your cousin are having week to week, especially now that Justin Fields is healthy again? knowing how hot C.J. Stroud's been, what's this kind of been like trying to figure out the proper quarterback to start this week? And we'll throw in Jared Goff in there, who I know yeah. hasn't been great the last couple of weeks, but he had to factor in that conversation with you as well. And he does. And like this week, he took a back seat. And then, you know, on that Packers game, they gave him one last drive and they racked up quite a few points there to get him to like, I think, 25 this week. So it's like, oh, man, maybe we should. But it, he was really never in the conversation this week. But I, I still think we'll probably head to Stroud now. But um, we haven't really made that decision completely yet. We're going to probably see how it goes. But, um, yeah, when we went into the draft in that third round, I think – or I'm trying to think, fifth round. I can't remember what round it was. It I, was have Herbert- it, I, I have it in front, front of me uh, right now, your draft, which you, uh, you drafted uh, back in August 27th, this main event team. You are looking in the fifth round. You have the 5-10, and yeah. there is no quarterbacks off the board in the fifth round until the team before you takes Justin Herbert. Yeah, and that, and that was the thing. We were we wanted fields because we kind of thought, okay, with his rushing ability, I thought he mm-hmm. would run a little more than he did at the beginning of the year. Um, and being a Bears fan, I'm kind of like, oh, do I want to take fields? But it was at that point, it was if Herbert – and Fields both were there where we were taking Fields. But if somebody took Fields, we would have been taking Herbert right there as well. Mm-hmm. So we kind of knew we wanted to take one of those quarterbacks because we uh, talked to, about Jared Goff was another one we wanted to take late. Mm-hmm. So we just figured we'll take the quarterback here that has really high uh, upside because, I mean, if Fields was running as much as he was in the past, he could Jalen Hurts type points, you know, mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts has got that tush push and he's picking up six points just like that when they're on the goal line now. But yeah, so that was kind of our thinking on the quarterback situation. And like you said, with, with the Stroud thing that we just last year, um, we did our team and we had, we did the Kelsey Andrews one, two, and then in those drafts, you could get the quarterback later, you know, so we got mm-hmm. Mahomes and stacked them together. And last year we just ran with one quarterback until the end. So this year you we have, have three. Right. So it's kind of a all over the place, you know, for us. You have, you have have also stacked defenses on this team, and I think yeah. this I think this is pretty fascinating. You know, you know, in law school they teach you never to ask a question that you don't know the answer to. 
And I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So here's my question. Why the hell you got three defenses? <laughs> That's a good question. That's my question. Well, so we got Dallas. We drafted Dallas early because we liked their first mm-hmm. half of the season schedule. Mm-hmm. And if you look, um, you know. Yeah, that, 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 which begs the question. Why do you have three defenses on this team? You got Dallas. <laughs> yes, we have Dallas. Uh, you should well, play them on the bye week just to give the other guys a chance. Yeah, and, um, and, and, and just, just Ben, so everybody knows you have Dallas, Kansas City, and Jacksonville are the Jacksonville, three defenses yeah. you have. Go ahead. And, and like we weren't we're not we don't plan on keeping three. We picked up the Jacksonville, Kansas City were available to us, and we like their matchups later in the year as opposed to Dallas, because we've seen Dallas get us three points, four points, stuff like that. Against, yeah. And I know it's it, we're probably overthinking things there, but we like the matchups of Kansas City. And then at the at that time when we picked them up just last week or whatever, um, Burrow had, didn't get hurt. So we liked Jacksonville's matchup against Carolina better than Kansas City. So, so I like think you've thinking, got – this is what I think is the true answer. You've got some everyday players, that, every week players that you're writing in because you've got very good players. And so yeah. you've got 17 position players once you take the defense in. You got to have a kicker. Now you're down to 16. Plus you got those guys. Cousin Carolina, you guys don't have to talk anything. You guys don't have to get too deep in your conversation. It's almost mm-hmm. an automatic. I think that's why you've got three defenses, but damn, you've got some good ones. And congr- congratulations on that. But that yeah. that's my theory is that uh you know, we have less players, so we have less chance of making mistakes because Balky always says if you think long. You think wrong. There you go. So you're yeah, not yeah. thinking long. And that's the thing. We pretty much have a core, like you said, that we're starting. And then the other guys are kind of boomer bust if we put them in. So mm-hmm. it just really has to be a good matchup. So Okay. Well, I like it. Ben, we got a question in the YouTube chat from Dave the Dizzle Gerzak here. And I think this is interesting. Um, because you're a Bears fan, he wants to know – um, should they draft the quarterback in the 2024 draft? Should they trade down, uh, draft studs at the other positions because they're going to have not only their pick, but the Carolina pick, which should be very high. Basically, that's a long, convoluted way of asking, do you believe in Justin Fields, a player that you have on your fifth place yeah. overall team in the well, main event? Well, that's the thing. I do, and I think I'm kind of on the fence right now. But I guess if he wins me a million bucks, I'll I'll be a believer for sure. <laughs> but then yeah, you're going out, you're buying the jersey, you're all on yeah, the Justin Fields train yeah, after that. I yeah, I get it. it. I, I think it's important to uh, point out because he's got a, a huge role in tonight's chat. Our beloved Jimmy Williams is a noted Bears fan as well. You know, you Bears fans stick together, respect each other, and, you know, still waters run deep. I'm I'm proud of you, buddy. I'm proud. Yeah, and I'm, Jimmy, I'm agreeing with the- Jimmy, though. I would rather yep. keep Fields and then – Hopefully get like Marvin Harrison and somebody else, you know, in that draft. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd Harrison be and DJ Moore to throw to. It, it, that, yeah, that and um, they could get – I mean, I think that – Farrell, correct me if I'm wrong. I think there's some pretty good top-heavy defensive linemen in this draft. I know there's a – isn't there a guy out of Illinois, Ben? I don't know if you follow college football. No, but yeah, I think there's yeah. a guy out of Illinois that's really, really talented. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's probably going to go in the mid-first round from what I've been reading and everything. Yeah, but Johnny Newton, he's a – he is a difference maker at defensive yeah. tackle for sure. The draft is very deep at defensive line. It's also very deep at quarterback. So for fantasy players, uh, we could we could have another Brock Purdy emerge because yeah. it's very very deep at quarterback. Um, let's talk about. And we speaking of the YouTube chat, Ben, we had some Rashid Shahid questions earlier. 
Michael Thomas on IR, he's going to miss significant time. There's a non-zero chance he's out for the season. We'll see what happens there. But just focused on this weekend, the uh, Saints go to Atlanta to play the Falcons. Um, obviously, Chris Olave is a guy that everybody's going to be starting. But what about Rashid Shahid? I mean, is he flex-worthy this week for, for you? I know it depends upon your roster, but how do you feel about starting him yeah, this I weekend? Think depending on the team, but yeah, I think so. I wish he had a little bit better matchup than Atlanta. But um, he's one of those – he got nine targets last game. It was two different quarterbacks, you know, throwing to him. So, But he, he's good for one long pass. And then if he could take that to the house and he's getting those nine targets, you know, he might get five, six catches this week and might top that 100 yards with a touchdown. But it's one of those – it's boomer bust kind of with him. So you can get that high upside. But if you are in a spot where maybe you need more points and you have a guy with – you know, a, a lower ceiling or something like that. Maybe you take that chance to try. Um, but like I said, his floor could be a little bit lower than some of the other ones. Because I don't think his role is going to change too much, mm. you know, with Michael Thomas out. I think maybe now they got Perry and it might be a Taysom Hill in there more often and stuff like that. So that might take away um, from what he can do. But he's definitely it's a big play type player, you know, more so than racking up those yards and receptions, I think. Ben, what about this question from Jimmy Williams in the YouTube chat? Rest of season, Rashid Shahid or A.T. Perry? You only have room for one of these Saints receivers on your roster. Which one are you keeping? Um, I would lean towards – I would keep probably Rashid Shahid because um, I think this will be a, a big week to answer that question too because mm-hmm. if he's going to get nine targets again, I'll take him every week if he's getting nine targets because, you, like I said, he's got that um, big playability to where he could take one or two of those to the house and you're having a huge week out of him. And Shahid, Shahid also has a year of experience under his belt. He played yeah. well last year. And you take a you take a player like that. I think that we're seeing the emergence uh, of a player that will be drafting high uh, next year. I tried yeah, to draft I think so too. this year. Um, when you rolled into your roster and your draft. What do you recall what was going through your mind when you selected Raheem Mostert? And I imagine you got him in the 10th or 11th round. Yeah. So um, I thought he was going to be the main uh, running back there. And I thought mm-hmm. that late, it was like a no brainer to draft him where we got him. Um, I always, he's like, you know, he's a little injury prone, obviously through his career, but when he has played, he's produced and we picked up Jeff Wilson, um, early on, we drafted Evan Hall. He went to the IR early. And then we see Jeff Wilson was on the IR. So we wanted that insurance in case, you know, Mostert went down. Jeff Wilson, another injury prone guy. But it, well, we it's, no it's, it's, it's no mystery as to what, you know, we have the, the running back Mostert is the number two. And Balky, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's the number two fantasy football point scorer in the FFPC at running back, and he's available to you in our early double-digit round. And it amazed me that this player, and we have a noted player in the FFPC here at 1028, as clocked by our fantastic website here, at 1028 asks, did he start Mostert? Well, of course he started Mostert today. Of course you (laughs) – there's no thought. We got a guy that – a young player with all kinds of speed who flashed and did well – and in a chain, and we think that they're just going to set Mostert aside. This is what I don't understand about this player. But I think we, many of us, have tremendously benefited that believe in this player. And I see nothing but him to. Uh, I, I see nothing 
but this player to be consistently uh, the pushing the points. And today you'll say, well, he didn't do anything in the fourth quarter. Well, you know, when you're, when you're playing someone and you're going to ground it out, and, you know, that's when a player with this kind of speed can hit the end zone. So congratulations for seeing Mostert as the player you should pick. It befuddled me as to why he went so late in these drafts. It befuddles me to people asking, well, so the other guy's back active. Are you going to bench Mostert? Yeah, they're going to bench the number. You know, now what will they say about Mostert next year? Well, you know, guys, he's no McCaffrey. I mean, what's left? That's the only way you can talk yeah. about him. He's no McCaffrey. Don't don't you draft him, Ben, you know, unless he's in the 12th round. Then you go ahead. Yeah. Interestingly enough, Mostert is number two for all running backs in the FFPC this year as far as scoring goes by total fantasy points per game. Do you guys know who the number two running back is in the FFPC this year and fantasy points per game? Any guesses? You just Mostert answered is- that. I didn't understand the differentiation of okay, the question. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I horrible job explaining it. It's Friday night. It's late. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mostert is number two for all fantasy points for the FFPC for running backs, okay, for total fantasy points. Okay. If we switch that to fantasy points per game by running backs, guess well, Average, average per game. game. Average per game. Do you know who number two is on that list for running backs? Probably H.A., it is Raheem Mostert's real-life teammate, Devon Achan. Congratulations, mm-hmm. Ben. I wish I had something to give for you, but our prize closet's <laughs> empty. But, yeah, Achan is number two by fantasy points per game. Mostert, ironically, or maybe not ironically, is fifth in fantasy points per game for FFPC running backs here. Um, let, let's, uh, let's shift our focus here to receivers, guys. Uh, Zay Flowers says he's good to go this week. He says the rookie wall ain't got him yet, which is good. That's what we want to hear for Zay Flowers. Um, Odell he Beckham, said that, Bucky. He said he said, that. he said not in so many words. It was something like, oh. "Rookie wall ain't got me yet," or I don't something. That's like good that. enough. If he, he said "rookie wall," I'm yes. satisfied. I'm yes. impressed. He remember. used that term for sure. That that. I, that that is not paraphrasing. That's that Boston is, College education. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, Zay Flowers sounds like he's going to go this week. Odell Beckham, mm, we're not so sure. Might be a true game time decision for him, uh, dealing with uh, that hip injury against the Chargers. Now, this is a, a, a game that I believe is Sunday night football this week, Chargers and Ravens, so you'd be waiting around for this. Ben, are you better off not messing around with the Rashad Batemans, the Nelson Aguilars of the world at flex this week and just you know worried about um, or concerning yourself with Zay Flowers, getting him in your lineup? I know there's no Mark Andrews, and obviously there's an Isaiah Likely decision that a lot of people are going to have to make this week, but who are the Baltimore pass catchers that you want to start against the Chargers in week 12. Yeah, I mean, I would probably avoid him if you could, but, I mean, Bateman would probably be the next best thing. He's been coming off those injuries. I mean, he's got the talent, but he we haven't seen a whole lot of him, you know, and when he's on the field, they haven't passed. You know, it's he's kind of been overshadowed by those other pass catchers, so it's tough. Might see a heavy dose of running again. You know, I know the Chargers give up a lot of passing yards and big plays, but I don't know if that's – plays into the hands of the Ravens and if he'll take advantage of that or not. But yeah, I'd probably avoid him if I could. And because we drafted Bateman, I had Mm -hmm. high hopes for him and he just, you know, has nagging injuries and just hasn't really had a chance to, to really uh, show what he can do. You know, quite frankly, outside of Zay Flowers, I've I've kind of been disappointed with the Ravens passing game as a whole. Um, I was promised a Todd Munkin offense and I'm getting, you know, 
good value Greg Roman here instead. Like it's just, it's been frustrating. And the Andrews injury um, doesn't help. Um, and Beckham obviously has been hit or miss, usually miss. And then the Bateman thing just, it, it surprised me. I, I really thought this was uh, a season where if this guy was ever going to do it, this is the yeah, offense to do it. There's going to be plenty of opportunity. Hasn't really happened for Bateman uh, this year, unfortunately. But that's fantasy, Farrell. As, as I yeah. always say, that's fantasy. Well, and it's, it's not, you know, winning changes everything because Pickens and, and everyone is talking about his lack of targets. He gets more targets than Zay Jones. Mm-hmm. Zay Jones is not complaining about anything. Zay started bigger. He has he's, he's been a proverbial single-digit midget lately, but he's, he's a situation where, yeah. All right, now. Ben, you've already started the Dallas defense. Is that right? Yeah. And you've already started Mostert. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. You got any tough decisions other than making sure you set your alarm clock to get up early enough? <laughs> to put your, I mean, are there any tough decisions for you guys and Cousin Carolina, Ben and Carolina this week? What? I mean, really, it's the quarterback, but I don't think – so the last couple of weeks we've had – quarterback decisions and they've really only been a point difference we took the guy that had the the point or two less we ended up starting so i mm-hmm. i see that as a thing because last last week fields had 100 yards rushing um but he still stroud you know almost outscored him last week but stroud threw three picks in the red zone you know i don't think that's going to happen again stroud mm-hmm. could have had a monster game and i'm i think I mean, we're leaning towards stroud most likely i mean that's probably where we're gonna but that's probably one of the toughest decisions we had. Um, and then one thing we're just kind of unsure of now with Burrow, we were we loved what we saw with Burrow and what they were doing with Mixon last game because they haven't really done that this year where they were actually uh, giving him the ball in the pass game, which they did last year, and, and P. Ryan got the ball a lot. So I'm kind of big question marks on how Mixon's going to go because we need him. Um, definitely to put this push to the to the million for sure. So, and Bonky, what's the Noah Brown situation this weekend? Is that uh, a- that's a good. That's a good question. I'm going to look that up right now. Out. I'm sorry, Ben. What'd you say? Ben, think ben, ben, ben thinks he's out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, he, he would certainly be worthwhile to. That's to official. Him. He has been ruled out according to Michael DeRocco. He is out this week. There you go. Um, a couple of emails here, and I think this first one is is going to we're going to get right from the horse's mouth here because it's a bears question. Jerry in Athens, Georgia writes, hi, Ben is Deontay Foreman still worth keeping around on my roster. Now we bring this up all the time. Uh, longtime FFPC player, Adam Krautwurst, very successful player. Um, co-host of the deep end fantasy football podcast with Mike show. He says, never drop a running back. And mm-hmm. while that is smart in theory, and I think it's a, it's something I like to subscribe to. You're also looking at Deontay Foreman on this team as probably the number three running back now behind Khalil Herbert, behind Roshan Johnson. Maybe he's the number two, but he's definitely not the the obvious number two. We're looking for injury away type players. We're looking for a guy who is going to be the guy if the guy in front of him goes down. I don't know if that's Foreman anymore, and you could probably make the case that he is number three on that team. You weigh in on this, Ben, because you follow the Bears closer than I do. What would you be doing with Deontay Foreman? Is he still a guy you want to keep around, or would you drop him for a different backup running back that's available? I would probably maybe keep him one more week because now Herbert's coming off that injury. He didn't look like his old like he did at the beginning of the year, and Foreman still looked like he had the juice, you know, that he mm-hmm. had when he was out of there. So it's like, man, 
is that going to be something the the Bears notice, or is it just something Herbert's just got to play a few games to get that that burst back? But um, it's it'd be tough because Foreman could come in there and get a few series here and there, and they could punch in a couple touchdowns. But yeah, it's that's one of those tough decisions. I hate I put myself in some of those situations before, but you you really don't want to be in that situation. So, but yeah, it's. Uh, I would probably wait and see just to, if Herbert, you know, looks great this week, then, you know, it's probably a, a thing of, yeah, if, if you uh, don't have or have a better option or someone to pick up then go for it. But I think I would keep him at least in the, the short term. Yeah. Per Mar 99 chiming in gets upgraded to a limited practice today. Plus he says he's still the goal line back uh, in Chicago. There is something to be said for that as well. Yeah. Um, John Terry also seconding that Foreman is not cuttable right now. Uh, that's where we're looking um, for for that. And um, Khalil Herbert is an automatic bench for Permar 99 this week as well. Um, let's go back up to uh, to the Dizzle. He's got a who do I start here? Uh, is it Zay Flowers uh, this week uh, against the Chargers? Is it Kyron Williams who's going up against the Cardinals? Or is it Devontae Adams who is going up against the Chiefs? Um, ben, if you can only play one of those three players um, – who is it and why is it Devontae Adams? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> who, who, who would you start here between these three? I'm I don't know. I'm just I'm laying it out there. No, I, I would be going towards Adams. I mean, he's the the main guy there. He's still they're they're gonna feed him the ball more so than they did in the early season. I know the Chiefs defense is tough, but uh I would still go Adams, you know, especially PPR. Yeah. I have, I have fewer questions with Devontae Adams, and I know yeah. like he's he's been scuffling a little bit. Like you could make a case for any of these guys. I think I could build the strongest case if I am a lawyer, which I am not. Uh, if if I was a lawyer, I could build the strongest case for Devontae Adams here. But I tend to be, I, I tend to be like when I'm starting, you know, picking my lineups. I tend to be a little bit more conservative, where I definitely lean towards. Uh, my my studs maybe more so than I should. So that's I I just thought we were still talking about Krautwurst when I read the question. I didn't <laughs> start adding Krautwurst against the Chiefs. A, that must be a trick question. The Dizzle's got something working. Um, let's do uh, let's do this. Lance in Coopersburg, Pennsylvania. Ben, um, this is good because you got this guy in your main event team. How much would you trust Cortland Sutton in your starting lineup against Cleveland this week? Thank you, sir. Thank you, Lance, in Coopersburg, PA, for that question. Now, you have Sutton on your bench right now, and it doesn't yeah. sound like you're really thinking too hard about starting him this week, right? No, that, that might have been if he had a good matchup. That Cleveland defense is tough, and Sutton is basically touchdown dependent on because he's not racking up a lot of reception, a lot of yards, even though Russell Wilson does throw him the ball quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It's just not resulting. The yards aren't there. You know, it's not a high – um, deep passing game, you know, stuff like that. So um, the last couple of weeks, those touchdowns, he had that one where he got those toes in and then he had the one at the end of the game here. Um, so he's really touchdown dependent. And I think that matchup is going to make it even tougher because I don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored in that game mm-hmm. from just based off of what I think, you know, with that Browns defense, probably, you know, maybe the best defense. They just don't have the offense to help them out now, but that, that might change. I mean, that rookie looked okay, I guess. And this game is at Denver, is it not? Yes. What a wonderful field goal opportunity game this is. Let's, let's, yeah. get, those, let's get those kickers active. Yeah. To, to your point, Ben, I just looked at that. The total on that Browns-Broncos is a very Iowa Hawkeye-esque 36 yeah. and a half. 36. So that is, is not a very high uh, total in that game. 
Uh, Farrell, I uh, have no more emails for Ben, but I know you have another question. Mm, oh, Ben, I have so many questions for you. <laughs> um, we can use no one else we've talked about so far. And you can't use Irv Smith. So what's the player that you should really, really look to get into your lineups this week? It doesn't have to be on your team. It's like you're sitting here with this perfect – amalgamation of 16 players, a kicker, and three defenses. And you're just, you know, you're just saying, I wish I would have an embarrassment of riches where I could start this one guy this week. I'll tell you who it is for me uh, after you give your answer. And then I really – Balky has struck from my uh, production list, but I would like to know the answer to this question. He, but he struck this question from my list. Who's a guy that you will not – get in business with? Because I think you're a very, very positive cat, and I would like to hear someone that you just will not get on the field this week. Who I wouldn't start this Would week. not. So I need a, I need a, a guy that's going to continue to make Ben a legend, and I need a guy that you wouldn't let near your pristine clubs okay. in the FFP. Well, I think one of the guys that I was really high on this week matchup is on our team, and I think with the Sunday matchup, Mike Evans is somebody I, I think – going against the Colts. Um, he's had a pretty good rapport with Baker Mayfield, so I think this is uh, should be – sets up for a good week for him. And then, man, I – somebody I would not start. Just while you think about that, um, I'll, I'll tell you guys this and, and the viewers this. Um, my local fantasy football show I do here in Northeast Wisconsin, we have to pick a stud of the week where, you know, a guy that can't miss. For what it's worth, Mike Evans is my stud of the week this week. I love him this week against the Colts yeah, as well. I think he does numbers, so I, I love that call for me, Ben. Yeah, and really, I, I can't think of somebody for sure not to start. You know, that's the positive spin, Balky. You yeah, see where yeah. that positive – I'll tell you my positive guy, Ben, is Michael Pittman because uh, yeah. I, I think we can I, – I think they're – you know, he's a move-the-chain wide receiver, unlike your Mike Evans. They're both players that I appreciate very much. He's a move-the-chain wide receiver that I think might have a breakout big play chance against Tampa. But I uh, – yeah, I think, Balky, I love that. See, we threw that negative aspect in there. Ben wouldn't touch it. Ben can find something positive in all kinds of players. We, we didn't let him use Herb, but he can find something positive in all kinds of players. Good job, Ben. Um, ben, let me leave you with this question, and, and this is just a feel thing. You obviously were successful last year in, in your in your FPC league. You win the 12-team league. That's got to feel great your first year doing it. I know you played in the playoff challenge quite a bit over the years. Yeah. But you look at this year, the main event, your lone main event team where you're shooting for a million bucks. Man, you come into this week, fifth place overall. What is that like seeing your team up that high on the leaderboard? I know you haven't won anything officially yet, but this has been a fantastic season for you, dude. Yeah, it really has, and it? It was kind of unexpected. You know, we went into this thinking, okay, we do it. If we uh, draft well, we could probably win our division. You know, that's where you start. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, all right, then we get in the mini playoff. And if we mm -hmm. win there, you know, we'll win that. And then as we moved up the board, it kind of got towards, we were kind of looking ahead more so than once we kind of had an idea, we got that wrapped up. Then it's like, okay, we are in fifth. You know, we have a chance to finish at the top 10. We'll get a little extra money there if we can stay in there. Um, but yeah, it's like, man, we are right there, and it's uh, it's really exciting. Obviously, when we signed up, you you like, oh, I, there's a million dollar prize, but 
you're not thinking that right away. You know, you're just trying to draft the best team to win uh, your division and or your your league, and then that that tournament there. So to be where we're at and to stay up there here for the last few weeks, and we got you know the big slate here on Sunday to see where we finish up and maybe get in that top ten, get a little extra money, and then it's all. My focus will have that little mini playoff, but it's going to be 15, 16. It's going to be like waiting for Christmas, you know. It's just like, yeah. let's get to week 15. Let's have that team healthy and give us the best chance we have to, to go after that million. That's why they call him the master, Ben the master. Ben Hook joining us on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. Fifth place team uh, owner in the uh, FFPC main event. Ben, number one, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Number two, uh, give us or uh, give uh, your cousin and co-owner uh, our best um, to 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 hopefully make uh, you know that this million dollar run that that could happen coming up later this season. I hope the ball bounces your way the remainder of the season. And listen, when when you do have that million dollar check, you best believe we'll have you both back on the show. Yeah, tell yeah. us all sure. about it and to talk about all the 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 sports card franchise stores that you were opening up nationwide <laughs> yeah, with this newfound million dollars, man. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. And I'll definitely make sure he's on here. If we win that million for sure. Fantastic. Ben, be good. Enjoy the rest of the week 12, dude. You guys too. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great night. Thank you so much. That's Ben Hook, ladies and gentlemen, the co-owner of Team Hooks, fifth place in the FFPC main event right now, as we uh, are charging hard through 12. Farrell, I was thinking about this week 12 of 2023. I think this is the first time we've ever done a game day show. I don't think we've ever done a show where there's actually oh, I see a what game you're saying. I don't think it's ever happened before. I see what you're saying at first and on your birthday. And on my birthday, yeah. Hey, a Dizzle came in with a good one, Balky. Uh, what, what am I looking at here? Which one? Three up, Adams. Adams quarterback is a person you had not – oh, Aiden O'Connell. Well, okay. Yeah. So now the only reason I did hear of Aiden O'Connell is I follow the Badgers, and uh-huh. he actually torched the Badgers in the Big yeah, Ten when he was yeah, a quarterback yeah. at Purdue. That's how I knew him. But you're right. I mean, if, if I didn't follow Big Ten, I'd have no idea the hack this he played. Was. He played at Purdue. He played for the Brahms, uh, mm. so naturally I'm going to know him. He uh, went to the Raiders, so naturally I'm going to know him. But true. I got on the telephone with his quarterback coach, Jeff Christensen, once, who claims he's the next Tom Brady and will spend more than an hour telling you why. So, yeah, I, I know the player. And I like the player, and he is a rookie quarterback with a learning curve, and I appreciate that, David. But it's been ingrained in me that this player is, uh, is has nothing but future greatness, and the next step to the future is this weekend. But, you, you know, the current University of Louisville quarterback that uh, will take the field tomorrow had to transfer to Cal in favor of O'Connell and then transferred out of Cal to rejoin the Brahms to come mm. to Louisville. It's uh, musical chairs at quarterback, but um, yeah, there's a lot of people that believe that Aiden can deliver, and I don't care who he can deliver to for the team and the Raiders. He can deliver to Adams because if you're going to keep your job, you better get that ball to Adams. Right. So you know, Adams is a guy. I don't. I don't care who's playing quarterback. Uh, you could make the case that uh, the head coach was removed from his position this year in part. Because he did not ensure the ball was getting to Devontae Adams enough. Mm-hmm. Lots yeah, unpacked there. We just don't have enough uh, time to, to discuss it. Yeah. We do have enough time to get through these few emails here. Hey, this guy 12 likes us. This guy 12. <laughs> That's I like good. that. I like that. This Everybody's got a cool thing, you know. What is that? Like a tag? Everybody's got a cool tag. Yeah, everybody's got a cool tag. Everybody's got 12. And, he, and he's uh, this guy 12, which is weird because 
he's hitting he's he's saying that after um you said Jeff Christensen said Aiden O'Connell's gonna be the next Tom Brady. And yeah. this guy 12, I think of this guy 12. This is probably a Tom Brady YouTube burner account. Oh, right. Anyway. I thought it was Joe Namath. See, being like so Namath, old yeah. just hurts you. <laughs> really, really hurts you. You're always playing catch up. Um, we uh, and and I'm finding that out as I'm a year older today too. As well. <laughs> um, Charlie and Charlie and Grand Rapids. Do I play Hunter Henry over Tyler Higby this week? Oh, Did, Charlie, does it matter? Well, well clearly an FFPC uh, question here because you probably don't want to start either one of these guys in in a non-tight end premium league. Tyler Higby at Arizona uh, right now, and then uh, Hunter Henry at the Giants. I, I don't know who's starting at quarterback for, for the Patriots. Um, and I know the Giants defense is bad, but I, I do know a little bit more about the Rams offense and who's playing at quarterback there. I think I'd rather go Higby over Henry here. I feel comfortable with Henry's skill set, and Higby has disappeared in the offense. So that's it's it's this is not a good situation. And damned if you do, damned if you don't, it doesn't seem to be enough target share to benefit especially when we want our 1.5 and Hickby has had Hickby has had significantly good games earlier in the season, but it, it's, it's gone away and I don't see it coming back. And I, it, there's more depth at the tight end position there. And some of the young guys, they might be trying to work in. So no, I'm going to stay with Hunter Henry and hope. Uh, I'm just reading this too. Gary Klein reporting that Sean McVay said Cooper cup is going to play in week 12 against the Cardinals too, which, Obviously, he's going to limit that target share even more uh, or, or limit it even more, limit it even less, limit it even more. Let's go with that. Uh, so that's a, a, another strike against Tyler Higby uh, there as well. It's close for me. I mean, I, I can see why why you'd play Henry. For me, it's still Higby. I get it, though, uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, go on to Ed in Dallas. Hey, guys, I'm thinking about playing Joshua Dobbs over Justin Herbert this week. Mm-hmm. Tell me I'm crazy. So I just put Herbert back in there. Thank you. That is Ed in Dallas. Ed, I wish I could tell you that you're crazy, but you clearly watch this show, so you are not crazy. You're one of the smart guys out there. Joshua Dobbs at home against the Bears on Monday Night Football. May or may not have Justin Jefferson. We don't know on that. We may not know on that until Monday. Justin Herbert at home against the Ravens. Man, Farrell, I'm going to go with Dobbs here. I know it sounds crazy, but the matchup is good. He's at home this week, mm-hmm. um, and and it, the legs are working for him as well. He. He's having the best season of his career. I see no reason why it would come to a grinding halt this weekend. I, I, I it's not crazy to me at all. I'm playing Dobbs over Herbert. The the legs are always working for this player. He has a rushing touchdown in five straight games. He's rushed for over 200 yards in those games. Um, I really am am not impressed with what he's got to support him at the pass catching position right now either out of the backfield uh the the uh um i i don't know herbert is 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 let's go back to our top five let's dance with the people that brought you to this game and there's been a lot of chat that herbert's like an automatic set in this league well you got to have a very you got to have a very very good quarterback to do that um what's the total in this game balky what is what do they think they're going to score What's the boys out in Las Vegas say about this one? And that would, might give us some indication. Uh, you would not be crazy to play Dobbs. Uh, Herbert is tough as nails and has the elite contributors on the field with him, and they are going to have to move the ball, move the chains against this Baltimore team to beat them. 
I like Herb. To your point, 43 and a half is what we're looking at for Bears Vikings. Mm-hmm. For Ravens Chargers, 48 and a half okay. is the total. This is not that. a big difference. All right. Yeah. So so that's where we're at on that one. Um, let's see if we can find one that we agree on here, Farrell. Uh, what's up, Farrell and Balky? Is James Conner or Jerome Ford the better play on Sunday? Mm. That is Kyle in Sacramento. So Kyle writes uh, about James Conner, who is at home against the Rams. Jerome Ford is at the Denver Broncos this week. I am not loving that uh, matchup for Ford. Uh, the Broncos defense is coming on. Um, I'm, I'm hearing some Samaj P. Ryan chatter. Uh, not Samaj P. Ryan. I'm hearing more Kareem Hunt chatter uh, coming out uh, this week as well. So for me, if, if I had to decide between these two, I, I'm going to trust the volume here a little bit more. I like the matchup a little bit better for Connor. For me, I'm benching forward. I'm playing James Connor, my friend. I think Connor is at a point where he has to make a statement to hold on to what he's gained in his career, too. I think these games are a big personal game for Connors, and he's going to take advantage of what he, opportunities he does get. So, yeah, I'm with you here, Bucky. Ford's a good-looking runner, though, but and they're going to run the ball a lot. But this is uh, – let's call this one Connor. You, you touched on Drake London earlier, and we'll end with this email here from Fred in Valley Falls, New York. Do I bench Drake London in favor of Demario Douglas this weekend? Appreciate what you do. Fred, thank you for the email from uh, Valley Falls, New York. I uh, I can't play – it's kind of my Hunter Henry argument. Cannot sit Drake London for, for Demario Douglas when I know whoever is starting at quarterback is going to be problematic for that offense. Uh, I know it's Desmond Ritter back this week, and, and he's probably going to be throwing 25 times to Jonu Smith if, if I know the Falcons' offense. So I'm going to say that that you do play London with no Lattimore, as we, we talked about earlier, uh, and I feel all right about it. Your thoughts, London v. Douglas, this weekend only. Douglas is intriguing to me, especially with the quarterback change. You take guys with, with the backup quarterback a great deal. Um, they have reps. They have relationships, and that's where Douglas started, you know, deeper with the twos and threes. Uh, you can make an argument for anything in fantasy football, and legitimately Douglas has shown some things. But, Balky, Drake London is a superior athlete uh, with a team that's yet to get it offensively, but they've made a quarterback change for a reason, and if that quarterback's going to be successful, it's going to have to go through London. So we will have to deal with that. Um, and per Mar 99, just to chime in uh, real quick on, on what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Did you see what Alexander Madison and Ty Chandler did against Denver last week? He actually likes Ford here. So bear that in mind. And who sent that to us? Kyle and we Zach- like, and I would say per Mar, that we like the Cleveland rushing attack. We also like what uh, the, the, we, we also like how they were trying to react to the quarterback. Uh, at, at Denver last mm. year or last week too. Every last week in the NFL is a new season, Permar. We want to look forward. We want to look at the at the future. We kind of like the pursuit element of the defense a little different than than what uh, than what Denver had. We like what Chicago has there. Chicago also, um, you know, they have difficulty defending the pass, so we might see a different kind of attack. This is a lot of things going. I will say this about Permar 99. Also, he's on it. Christian he's Watson could be a sneaky league winner and to pick up Dontavian Wicks next week. So any guy that is hailing uh, the, the Green Bay Packers on this show, 
obviously warms the cockles of my heart. So thank you so much <laughs> for your contributions per mark 99. All those young players in, in Packers and, and you lost Musgrave, your tight end. Yeah. And, but look, you've got four pass catching young players that are talents there in green Bay. And Rogers might come back, you know, and, who knows? and, and you had uh Tucker craft uh, catch a touchdown um, hmm. last week or this week as well. He really, he should have had one last week, but he couldn't tightrope it enough along the sideline. So, yeah, there's there's good things happening in Green Bay. Very fun to watch that game yesterday on Thanksgiving. We'll see what happens against Kansas City next week. A game that the Dizzle and I will be at at Lambeau Field uh, as personal special guests of one young Taylor Swift. Going to be exciting. Look for us on the broadcast. I'm just kidding. Don't look for us on the broadcast. We won't be on the broadcast. Going forward here, we will be back live next Friday, and Farrell Elliott will be here with me to help you with all your Week 13 knowledge in the FFPC and KFFSE. Week 13 questions, I should say. He's got the knowledge for you. Check out the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. Farrell, a belated happy Thanksgiving to you, my friend. We will talk again real soon. That is Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football at J. Farrell Elliott at KFFSC official on the X. Make sure you're checking him out there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's festivities. I want to thank Ben Hook, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob, Bryce, and of course, each and every one of you for watching, downloading, streaming, listening to it, uh, if you're doing so after the fact. As I said, we'll be back next Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern time. In case you missed Tuesday's Road of His High Stakes Lowdown, we had 18-time FFPC champion Vince Staffolino on. Show will be live again this coming Tuesday at 10 o'clock Eastern time. And uh, we did not do a high stakes fantasy football show last night. We did it on Tuesday on the Better Sports Network on all the socials there. You can check that out on demand either on the Better Sports Network uh, YouTube channel or the FFPC uh, YouTube channel. It was the GOAT District's John Daniel. So JD and I chopped it up for two hours. A lot of fun. And then this coming Thursday at 7 o'clock, NBC Sports Edge and Rotoviz's own Zach Kruger will be my guest co-host. Go to myffpc.com. To play in the FFPC Weekly Challenge, myffpc.com. No draft, no salary cap. Just choose the 10 players or 12 players that you want by Sunday's kickoff. You can play with kickers and defenses or without them. Watch them ride through the weekend's games. Remember, only one player per team. No stacking in that contest. It is a carbon copy of the World Championship. Uh, excuse me. The <laughs> excuse me. The World Famous Fantasy Football Players Championship Playoff Challenge, which will be launching here soon. Uh, we'll let you know when that is up and running. You can start joining that as well. Uh, as far as the weekly challenge goes, enter for as little as $35. Went up to $2,500. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified every time we go live. Thank you so much for watching. Appreciate each and every one of you. We'll talk with you on this uh, YouTube channel again Tuesday night at 10 o'clock. This show will be back Friday night at 10 o'clock. Your holiday weekend is probably already going on, but for uh, historical sake, I'll say it, your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. I know I, I do this every year, but uh, I, it's it's very important that I go out there and say this for Thanksgiving. Very thankful for all of you who are playing in the FFPC, watching the show, making the show possible, listening to it 
um, without you guys and, and, you know, everybody, you know, um, watching this and listening to it and playing in the FFPC, we wouldn't be able to do the show every week, which I do like doing quite a bit and hanging out with you and talking fantasy football for an hour, especially with Farrell as well. It is so fun. It is so enjoyable. So this Thanksgiving time of year, give thanks. I'm giving thanks to each and every one of you. And I hope the ball bounces your way. You make your FFPC playoffs and who knows, maybe you'll be on the show in a month or so uh, talking about how you're going to spend that million dollar grand prize. Be good, everybody. Enjoy the rest of week 12. We'll talk with you again next week.